The best way to predict the future is to invent it. Stephen Ambrose brings you up to speed on what the future holds as he explores the latest technology as it impacts our lives. Well, good morning and welcome to Tech Talk right here on High FM, where I'm going to get all futuristic in the next little while. So stay tuned. There is so much happening in so many different areas across the entire world, but I'm going to focus so much on just technology, on what tech is doing, what tech is getting involved in. And I mean, that's from wars to finance to you name it. Technology is deeply entrenched across absolutely everything that's going on in the world today. And most of the news think Twitter, think Facebook, think Ukraine, and technology is deeply involved in that. But The last two weeks have been pretty exciting from just a general sort of growth and technology space and two major events, one I attended, one I unfortunately couldn't attend, um, have happened. The first one was Web Summit in Lisbon and that one I attended and that was pretty insane. It's essentially a technology and startup company, uh, conference and it involves mostly a huge amount of startups. We're talking thousands upon thousands of startups all engaging in trying to sell some of their wacky, some of them really clever startups, um, products and everything that have been created to a whole ton of investors who come from around the world. I mean, the famous, famous story is that Uber was founded in a, in a, in an Irish pub. Now the quick history of Web Summit is that it started in Ireland by a certain gent by the name of Paddy Cosgrove and his team, still run by him and his team, and it moved to Lisbon simply because of the sheer scale and size. It's now at the Altus Arena, which has a 30,000 or 20,000, I'm trying to remember the exact number, seated spaceship-style auditorium where all the main keynotes are held, as well as a massive convention center, and this year was... Absolutely insane. Last year was the first one post-COVID. They kept the numbers down. The number of um, startups and the number of exhibitors was were lower. And it was actually a very manageable, pleasant conference. This year, well, the gloves were off. They added two tents for uh, startup and for in- exhibitors. So it was five huge conference halls, massive, sort of half a kilometer long and ma- and really wide and then an additional two spaces, which added even more um, stuff to see and do. And there were between 70,000, the last count I saw, uh, visitors. Never mind all the people working and manning the stands. It was just absolutely overwhelming in terms of the sheer number of people, the sheer excitement, and the amount of stuff that was happening in such a compressed time. The downside is that there were five or six different tracks from health to medical to finance to infrastructure to smart city, you name it, and security, obviously. There were a ton of different tracks, and it was almost impossible to get a little dip into too many of them. And unfortunately, my terminal technology FOMO, which my wife constantly, uh, you know, nudges me about, got in the way of me actually focusing too deeply on too many things. But it gave me an incredible overview of the technologies that are coming in the future. And the main, main themes of Web Summit, which we're going to explore today, 
to some extent. I'm going to stay away from gizmos and gadgets, and I'm going to get pretty deep into cryptos and Web3 and all sorts of other things, which may be a little bit out there, but I think it's important to start understanding where these technologies are going and what's happening because all of them are going to impact our lives in one way or another, starting now and moving ahead at technology speed, which means exponentially. So the main themes of Web Summit were Web3, or is it? But Web3, the next generation of web, the next generation of what's going on with uh, the web was everywhere, absolutely everywhere, with startups, major companies promoting um, at Web Summit. The other big news, which has now exploded, and we're going to talk a little bit about that, was cryptos, various forms of cryptos with Binance, one of the largest crypto exchanges in the world, exhibiting and showing off their stuff. And FTX, which is, looks like it's on its way out, one of the larger uh, competitors to Binance who may, may or may not be going out of business shortly. So tons of news around that. The other thing, and something that nobody in Europe, and in truth nobody in the world, although it seems very distant from South Africa, is the war in Ukraine. They had a number, in fact, the opening, um, one of the opening speakers was the wife of the current prime minister or president of the Ukraine, uh, Vladimir Zelensky, talking about what's going on there. And there were enormous amount of talks around the technology use, the cybersecurity issues, the cyber warfare issues that are going on. Not only are they lobbing bombs at each other, but uh, Russia and Ukraine are engaged in a very, very high level and deep cybersecurity war, something that actually, if you start scratching the surface, has been going on for a lot longer than the physical war. And not only with Ukraine, but generally across the Western world, cyber warfare without question, has become a quiet, silent, hidden challenge that absolutely every company, every person, and every country, because state-level intervention at this type of thing is absolutely insane, has to deal with. So that was absolutely top of mind. Every talk um, across so many of the stands that were supporting Ukraine, there was no way to avoid the major war that is happening in Europe right now, even though life continues and everyone's doing their thing and actually has no real impact directly other than energy costs, which have gone through the roof in Europe. But the technology of war, the way the wars are being fought, the way they're being defended, the, 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 the way that stuff is being handled through drones, Internet from the sky, big scandals around Elon Musk's use of um, his you know, global satellite internet. So, so much going on there. Obviously, and I, again, it always astonishes me how big, you know, in South Africa, we've got our own challenges around just keeping the power on. But for most of the world, green, 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 sustainability, earth friendliness, um, all this type of stuff is absolutely a major trend. It's it's fantastic how much of that is woven into technology and how much technology is helping, especially in light of the energy crisis and the whole um, problem with Russia not supplying gas to most of Europe during the winter. So, and at the same time, 
huge scandals around Twitter. So you can just imagine what is going on in the world right now in the technology world. It's massive upheavals. People like Elon Musk buying major social media platforms. Again, we'll talk a little bit about that and the FTX collapse and Web Summit. And just before our break, just have to mention one other major conference that's happening in Cape Town right now. It's the Africa Tech Globe. Well, it's a globally relevant tech summit in Africa called AfricaCom. And it is really a lot around um, infrastructure, mobile and telecommunications. But still, a lot of other technology is being discussed, looked at and, and worked on. And they're calling it the Africa Tech Festival. This was the first one that's come back to Cape Town since 2019, which is quite a long way back. And lots happening there. We'll be back with our sponsors after a quick word from our sponsors right after this. This is Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose on 101.9 High FM. Well, welcome back. Instead of our normal Tech Talk Cafe, well, this is nothing normal, but we're going to, I'll go through some of the main themes we discussed around Web Summit, some of the issues around crypto, some of the uh, issue, well, some of the amazing insights into technology and the war uh, in Ukraine. And also, I think we're going to discuss what's happening at Twitter. I mean, what the Twitter is going on with all that madness. And then we'll sort of round up with what's going on in uh, South Africa with DSTV. Guess what's coming up? A big for a lot of us, huge fans of football. Major World Cup coming in Qatar, and that has its own level of controversy. Again, nothing to do with technology, but the technology of what's going on at the, the World Cup is pretty insane. And we'll talk about that. Now, moving on to who cares and what's happening. Um, essentially, as I said, Web Summit in Lisbon, which is a great place. The weather's good. The food is amazing. And it's relatively cheap by European terms, which certainly helps us poor South African rand-earning people. But um, as I said, the main th- trends there were the whole issue starting off with Web3. Now, Web3 is a is a buzzword, something that you're going to hear a lot of over the next little while. The famous proponent, which actually just announced a whole host of layoffs, it's a bit of a tech bloodbath going in the labor space for the moment, Meta or Facebook are the sort of the front runners in, in pushing what the, the Web3 will look like. And to keep it really simple, the web that we currently know it is on-screen, on-device, two-dimensional. It's focused around web pages. It's focused around interacting with those web pages. Even the social media interaction you have is very much a text, visual. Um, you can watch a few videos. You can make a few videos. You can comment on videos. It's a, it, it can be extremely engaging, and anyone who's tried to get lost in the world of TikTok will know that you land up spending inordinate amount of time just going through all these crazy videos and wondering where people get the time to make this stuff. But uh, watch, keep your eyes open next time you're wandering around Santon, for example, and watch how many people are making TikTok or videos. You don't know what they're for, but videos. And, of course, the various other social media platforms like Instagram, uh, like Facebook, have a short-form video platform that, that works very similar to TikTok. But by leaps and bounds, TikTok is the major sort of video short-form engagement platform. But I digress. We're talking about Web3. Web3 takes this two-dimensional, screen-based, 
whatever, phone, laptop, big screen, makes no difference, even your TV at home, into the next dimension, literally. We're talking about virtual reality. We're talking about augmented reality. We're talking about blending the digital with the, with the real at a level that sometimes people might be a little bit um, confused about what is real and what isn't real, like a new series on uh, Amazon Prime I'm watching where, you know, people thought they were going into a virtual world and land occupying a virtual body uh, in the future. So that's another story. I love this type of stuff. I'll talk about that that series in a minute. But the whole premise around Web3 is that the connectivity that is being talked about at uh, Africa Common and the rest of the world, the sheer speed, capacity, and ubiquitousness of this connectivity has enabled us to do things that we could only imagine in science fiction, stuff you saw in only movies that looked unbelievable. It looked like magic. It looked like, you know, fantasy. But it is absolutely becoming a reality now. Thousands upon thousands of companies, both large and small, and a whole host of them that were exhibiting at Web Summit, were offering new types and case studies and and products and just glimpses into what a connected world, call it the web, which it is, um, will offer to people going forward. Now, I think got to put a little quick jab of reality into all of this. I saw some insane demos and picked up a cold, but that's another one, um, of virtual and augmented reality at the show. And most of them were focused on very practical things, which makes me... I was always sure that this would be the case, but it made me think that Web3 is not something that you're going to engage with 24 by 7, which the proponents at, at Facebook would like you to believe, because no one can live outside of their bodies for very long. One, it's not practical, and two, it's not the way human beings work. I think we all like to be with other people. We all like to engage. There are a couple of us who don't, but uh, them aside. Most of us like to be involved in the real physical world of speaking, visiting, talking, touching, whatever it is that you do. And no Web3, no artificial digital environment will replicate that in any substantial form. Again, there's some science fiction, so who knows uh, where that is going. But the current Web3 status is very much focused around gaming which is an incredibly immersive field using massive screens. Gamers become incredibly intensely involved in the action on the screen, and that action today is pretty insane. The amount of quality and the animation and the sheer ability to replicate and even exceed real-world physics in 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 a virtual space is pretty insane. And that is extending enormously with many of the major studios working on fully, fully immersive VR Web3 type interactive. So massive game playing in a virtual space with virtual people all operating and interacting as if they were in a fantasy real world is definitely something that is coming um, and coming really fast. The hardware is getting to the point where they're using ultra 4K and even some experimental 8K screens giving no lag, very little of that fuzziness and that slight sort of nausea-induced weirdness that um, 
virtual reality did for many, many years and the amount of the responsiveness of the, the actual setups that I, I had, you know, time to spend with was absolutely insane. I haven't yet had a chance to play with some of the new stuff coming out of Meta and hopefully in the nearest future I will. But essentially the virtual reality worlds focused around gaming and that sort of interaction is absolutely insane. But the other area that was very, very strongly demonstrated and something that I think we're going to see more and more and more of is an augmented reality type theme. Now, Vodacom, um, at the at a recent conference in Johannesburg and Porsche showed a very interesting demonstration, which sums up uh, augmented reality in an amazing way that I went to their stand at the, um, it was a car summit at Kailami and you put on a virtual set of uh, headset, which was not connected with any cable. So it's totally running, you know, cableless, which is a big deal. It was a showcase of 5G, which is another story, but 5G connectivity has certainly reached the level where it can transmit incredible amounts of data at incredible speeds. And I was taken on a tour of a brand new 911 with a, one of the German execs or executive people who show off these type of things explaining the whole new, um, 911 car outside and you could then using your voice instruct it to set up the car for you. So you could do an entire purchase of a car in augmented reality down to changing the mags, changing the colors, walking around the car, physical or not, and actually seeing, uh, you know, with fins, without fins, red, green, whatever color you wanted, changing the wheels. They weren't demonstrating anything on the inside as yet. But the the ability to see and physically understand the, re, the 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 reality of what it is that you were buying or want to buy or understanding was unbelievably impressive. And this is happening right now. There was a holographic 3D almost virtual person telling me all about what was going on. That wasn't interactive, though it's entirely possible that that can also be the case. Because one of the extensions to that type of technology is if you're sitting in your home with a set of virtual goggles on and you want to um, buy a car from somebody, a person, and that person's in a showroom, you can both be walking and seeing the car that you're looking at. You can discuss options. You can see the options in reality. Oh, I'd like bigger mags. Boom, they popped up. I'd like black mags. They changed to black. I'd like a red car. What does this car look like in red? From far, from near, from the back, from the front, from below. It was absolutely insane. You could move around and abs- and perfectly the car that was physically on the stand landed up being um, uh, red or green or whatever I wanted just by voice command. And that sort of thing is where I saw a number of, of incredible demos at Web Summit around Web3. And... Again, that focused on a couple of channels. The first one was retail. So major brands are doing a lot of interesting stuff around being able to see or try on some of their their creations in real time by looking in a mirror, um, using those glasses and suddenly seeing how those clothes drape and fit you 
in real time. It's pretty insane to see how quickly that can can work. So you'd walk into a, a virtual store, you'd order, you'd put on, or you'd sit at home, put on these glasses, and instantly see yourself in a mirror trying on some of the coolest new fashions. So that element of um, augmented reality has come along in absolute leaps and bounds. So retail was one stream of that which made a huge difference. The other stream was service and repair. If you need, manuals have become so last century. If you need to look at a washing machine, let's talk about something really mundane. If your service service person arrives and starts looking at your washing machine um, because something's not working and he needs the manual to unbolt it or change something, whatever, put on the goggles and it can take you right through any form of um, repair, right down to which nut, which screwdriver, what to use, what bolt to detach, what thing to replace, all working in conjunction with the back office. So while you're looking and you see you need something to be repaired, you're automatically ordering that new part and adding it to the bill and making sure that um, if it's in the, the truck, which they know, you can fetch it, plug it in, or if it need, you have to come back and order it, it's ordered and done all through a set of goggles, all through you being involved in the direct repair. So that was the other major trend. The other one was healthcare and education. Those two seem to be because of the resources around healthcare, that wasn't, I mean, education, that wasn't a huge one, but the whole concept of taking students into virtual worlds or augmented worlds to teach them something, show them something in the real world was massive. And there were a number of startups playing in that area, which was pretty interesting because it changes absolutely everything what you believe should happen. Imagine a classroom of 20 young minds all working on a particular problem by seeing it, not hearing about it, not reading about it, not seeing a video on the screen, but actually almost tangibly seeing it in a set of goggles and at the same time interacting with the other 20 people in the room on that particular issue. And that create, I had some fascinating discussions with a number of people in that space because trying to understand where that can go what sort of benefit that can bring and how it can actually accelerate the learning because learning is all about multi-layered things. One, you need the facts. Two, you need the experience. Three, you need the actual live involvement in whatever it is that you're learning to learn quicker. Imagine if you could throw all of that into a virtual session in one, one um, element. For example, you're learning about World War II and you could walk around a battlefield virtually can change a lot of things. It can create a reality that is far beyond anything that any book, picture, or video can do. And I think that was the key thing that came out. There was a reality, an immersiveness, an engagement of the senses that people had never done in ways that they've never even thought of. And that's where the whole medical thing goes enormously. Remote medical using virtual goggles, um, being able to offer advanced, highly advanced medical services through augmented reality was another massive area of growth in the space. So Web3 is everywhere already. 
Web3 is a buzzword you're going to hear more and more and more about going forward. But Web3 will not essentially change your day-to-day interaction with your laptop, with your phone for now. I can't see a time, and it's possible though, where these little things will seamlessly pop up in a mirror that you're looking at on your windscreen when you're driving, on a set of sunglasses or normal glasses when you're wearing them, to just give you information or to inform you or to challenge you or to entertain you when you need it um, in different ways. That is all perhaps a little science fiction-y, though a lot of the guys were talking about that sort of thing. And the whole Web3 concept will evolve in a fairly organic way going forward. So I don't expect to see any massive sort of revolutionary, though everyone talks that way, um, changes coming now. But I see the same as, you know, until there was a fax machine, everyone used to send letters. Um, and then the fax machine completely killed the letter because you could just stand at a machine and send it anywhere in the world in two seconds. And, I mean, that's a very, very, very early and rough way of digitizing something and sending it over a telephone line. But the concept of it remains. New technologies will disrupt and dislodge old ones always, and they will create enormous, enormous uh, opportunity for those that are just slightly ahead of that curve to create. And there were many, many concepts that at the surface looked a bit silly, um, maybe a little fanciful, but watch the space. Out of a collection of, of knowledge and experience like I saw at Web Summit can come the most remarkable advances. And when you throw the billions upon billions of dollars that companies like Facebook, Google, and others are throwing at this type of thing, you can expect to see a huge amount of stuff coming in the next couple of years that are going to fundamentally change how we interact with technology, how we interact with ourselves. And I think that is the key of where Web3 is going is how do we immerse ourselves in the experiences and the technologies that we are dealing with today and how much that will change and how much that will add even more information and more utility to what it is that we get up to every day. And on that note, we're going to take a quick break and I'll be back talking some more about some of these major trends. This is Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose on 101.9 High FM. Now, on to cryptos. Huge, huge, huge thing at Web Summit. And again, makes sense. I'm a huge cryptocurrency um, skeptic. Let me just put my credentials on the table right now. There are plenty of people who would love to have a great intellectual argument with me about how cryptos are going to change the world, how cryptos are going to completely revolutionize and take away the control governments and central bankers and the big banks who are evil, which unfortunately has become a massive trend in the South African context, but evil big business and how they controlling your lives, etc., etc. The very simple and baseline challenge that we all deal with is we work hard for our money. I know that's a song, but we do. And money is a central function of how we run and operate and work in the real world. No matter where you are, there are no societies where money is not important in one way, shape, form or another. The only time money becomes unimportant 
is when you're in the multi-billionaire stakes like the Bill Gates, etc., where money is irrelevant. It's so much of it, so many people to take care of things that you operate essentially in a moneyless environment for yourself personally. You can have whatever you want, you can do whatever you want, and the cost of everything makes zero difference to you at any level. That is where money becomes irrelevant. But for the 99.99998% of us who have to watch the bank account once a month to see what's going on and make sure that we get to the end of the month with a few cents spare so that we, you know, can start again when the next paycheck hits, that is not the case. And that is the reality from time immemorial when we were trading in barter all the way through to, you know, that becoming an organized setup. That is the reality of money. Now, cryptocurrencies are, in my opinion, very much a technology solution to a problem that none of us actually have. The premise of freedom, the premise of frictionless uh, trading, the premise of how it could disrupt the fiat or the famously unknown old currencies is so much marketing hype that unfortunately it has created massive issues like we're seeing right now. Binance, which is the largest crypto exchange in the world currently, was at a web summit famously showing off everything that they can do. And it is an incredibly impressive technological solution, as I said, to a problem that we don't really have. But still, what everyone seems to forget, that uh, MasterCard and Visa have been doing the same thing without cryptocurrency, uh, without crypto technology. Sorry, I'll say that again. Crypto technology is very different from cryptocurrency, but cryptocurrency is based on the technologies around blockchain and around crypto cryptography that make it possible. However, those solutions had been solved by the major banks, by Visa and MasterCard, which a good chunk of us have got in our wallets at any point in time, many, many years ago. There's nothing more seamless than walking to a retail shop, taking out your card, tapping it or punching it or whatever you want to do with your card on your phone, on your watch, wherever it is, and paying for goods and services from your credit card, debit card. It makes no difference where the money comes from. It all works. It works seamlessly across 98% of the world. It works wherever you are. It works online. It has built-in security. <coughs> it has massive, massive amounts of built-in redundancy and resiliency to cybercrime. <clears throat> There's benefits. There's an entire ecosystem and infrastructure of operation that you don't even notice when you haul out your card and just tap it somewhere and pay for your milk in the morning and waltz off home to drink it in your favorite cereal. Cryptos, on the other hand, need you to get involved in all sorts of other little solutions. There are a couple of crypto credit cards out there, and there are, but for the most part, you've got to get an app, you've got to join a You've got to join us, uh, an organization like Binance, and you've got to start trading in these cryptocurrencies. One, it's not free. There's cost to all of that. Two, it's not frictionless. It takes time often to get a lot of these transactions done. And three, in the lack of regulation that is developed out of a safety and security element, people will call it control, but it depends on your perspective, if something goes wrong and the, 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 the memes and the stories of people who've thrown their, their crypto wallet into the 
dustbin and there's 30 Bitcoin with billions of rands lying in a dump somewhere. Those stories will never end. The other problem is being a completely unregulated market. Um, it might sound all, you know, wonderful and whatnot. The biggest challenge that you're going to have is that exactly what's happened now with FTX basically shutting down. They haven't shut down yet, but they're in massive liquidity. They've stopped all withdrawals and they've insisted, asked people to stop putting money into their platform right now, mainly because Binance, um, they were friends, then there were competitors, uh, and then when times got tough and there were all sorts of regulatory issues, <coughs> FTX was uh, was going to be bought by Binance to bail them out of their troubles, then Binance said they can't save them, and now they're in deep trouble. This is a story you've heard over and over and over again. There have been millions of scams around people taking money, putting it into crypto, and um, disappearing with billions of dollars worth of cryptos never to be seen again, or the money just evaporated into thin air never to be seen again. And again, what most people forget is where did that money come from? Yes, yes, in, in, in Bitcoin, you could mine your Bitcoins. And there are other ways to create something from nothing. But when you create something from nothing, at its core, it remains nothing. That's what a lot of people seem to forget. When there's nothing, there's nothing. And if it disappears, it's gone. And that's the problem with cryptos. So there were a ton of, of discussions around crypto and what crypto can do, what crypto can't do, etc., etc. But the number of apps, the number of solutions, the number of services running around crypto all boil down to one simple thing, which I'd like to leave with you before we end this topic is ultimately it all comes back to normal banking, normal transacting. The money is still based in dollars, yen, francs, even rands on a very small scale. But no matter what anyone does, you lose real dollars when your cryptos disappear. They didn't come from nowhere. And it costs money, real money, at every single stage of the way, from the mining through to the transacting, through to the management it takes real money. You cannot eat a crypto, unfortunately. So beware. Be careful. This is not something for the faint of hearted. The tech guys are having an absolute ball. And it will change the way that we deal with things going forward. But it will be within the framework of traditional and, unfortunately, like it or not, government or financial services control going forward. And that, I'm afraid, is simply a fact. And on that note, we're going to have a quick break for ads, and then I'm coming back with much better, lighter, easier stuff. We're talking about how to get the World Cup in 4K in South Africa right, well, not right now, when it starts. We'll be back after this. This is Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose on 101.9 High FM. Well, welcome back, and all that heavy talk about, well, first about the magic of uh, virtual and augmented reality, then the reality of, of what a crypto is and what's going on. Um, just to wrap up, unfortunately, from what I've seen now, FTX will most likely cl- shut down. I hope no one listening to me is deeply invested in FTX because there's going to be basically nothing left by the time they're done. Um, Binance as an operation, again, is huge. But there are a lot of talks of weird and dodgy shit going on in the back end. Excuse my French there. But there's no other way to talk about it. And um, 
it's just an area that I think caution should prevail at all levels. Not to say that you cannot make money. You can. Some have. But on balance, um, it depends on where you are in the world. If you can throw a couple of hundred thousand around to enjoy the, the, the games of technology and crypto and whatnot, go for it. It's your money. Do what you like. If it's something where you're trying to make a quick buck and you're trying to, you know, feed the kids with that, I would say stay away, keep your money in a normal bank and just move on. But moving on to a big exciting event, not without its controversy, unfortunately, that is happening very, very, very shortly in a couple of weeks, I think. Um, I think it starts on the 20th of November, and that is the Football World Cup. And it is a big, big, wonderful uh, exhibition of football. It is coming from Qatar this uh, this year. And our local uh, television sort of online people, DSTV, are going to be offering this in 4K if you stream it. This is what's so interesting, unfortunately. DSTV will offer the Football World Cup in 4K to all their subscribers if you do two things, unfortunately, which is uh, a little bit of a, I think, a little bit of a challenge. But I suppose it's a hardware-related thing. If you have the Explorer Ultra Decoder or the new DSTV streamer. Now, the DSTV streamer is not a terribly expensive box. It's something that might be worth looking at if you're keen. It's 1,299 Rand once off and looks like a cute little box. I haven't had, got a chance to play one, play with one yet. I will try to get one soon and see, but it's got Netflix. It's a standard Google based streaming box, though <coughs> from what I've heard, um, it's not actually Google. Sorry, I have to correct myself. They've written this from scratch to emulate um, some of the features of the actual decoder. But what the streamer is, is a standalone little box that connects to the Internet, plugs into your TV, and as long as you've got a TV that's 4K and you've got the right quality HD, HDMI cable, and this is interesting, HDMI cables are not all built the same way. So a cheap HDMI cable may not work on your nice new TV with your streamer box to get a decent one. Don't spend stupid money, but a decent one that says 4K ready. And um, you can watch all the matches, all the, the, the games in ultra high definition 4K. The good news is if you don't have um, a streamer or their new ultra decoder, the normal DSTV Premium, Compact Plus, or all of those subscriptions can watch it in normal HD, which will be pretty good. But if you've got a big screen TV and you've got 4K, watching <coughs> sport in 4K is pretty revolutionary. You can see absolutely every expression. You can see all the dots on the grass. It's just absolutely insane. And um, that will be great fun. But the streamer has a couple of little benefits. You can get Netflix, you can get Disney+, Plus, you can get Prime Video, YouTube, YouTube Video, whatever you want, as long as you've got um, a decent Internet connection. You will need fairly good, at least 30 to 50 megabits per second, Internet connection for 4K, so you can't do it on on a, on. On 4G might be a little bit of a problem. Any form of mobile, unless you've got an uncapped 4 or 5G from Rain or one of the others, mostly fiber would be absolutely perfect as long as you've got more than 20, 20 megabits per second. 
then you're good to go and you can watch the World Cup in 4K glory, which is pretty insane. So looking forward to that. And on that note, I've been informed it's time to wrap up. Um, we've flashed through another hour of Tech Talk. Hope it was fun. And we'll be back same time, same place, right here on High FM. This is Stephen Ambrose for Tech Talk.